When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rope Report podcast in association with the Southern Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav back straight after the game with Chris Wynn. Hiya Chris. Evening Gav. Evening. We've just watched Sunderland win 2-0 away at Huddersfield. Good three points on the road in some testing conditions with an even further weakened team with players missing but it didn't seem to bother us did it? We, uh, we got the job done and I mean I I know the goal at the end sort of makes it even sweeter, doesn't it? But I think we deserved it on the balance of play. Would you agree? I would. I would. I thought we were the better team. I thought we we just. I thought we were the only team who wanted to play football. Actually, I, I, apart from how they set up defensively, um, I don't think really Huddersfield offered anything at all. I, I, they had no patterns of play. They weren't. I mean, they they were organised. Don't get us wrong. They were organised and they had a good shape about them off the ball. Uh, when we were in possession and they tried to double up down the flanks early on. But other than that, I, I mean, I'd, you know, they had a couple of half chances and a couple of sniffs. But apart from that, I don't think Huddersfield really offered anything. Nah, nah. We, we well, I don't know, did Patterson make a save? I'm looking at the stats here now. Apparently they had 16 shots and only three on target. Well, they did. But, they, um... they, they had a lot of shots from kind of edge of the box, you know, 20 yards out that kind of went wide mm-hmm. and they dragged, they dragged a few shots wide. The only, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll probably come back onto it, but the only save I remember Patterson really making was that one just before the goal. Of course, yeah, was, bloody hell, yeah. Well, yeah. That, that was really important when you think about it because it was what, about a minute, a minute and a half before the goal? That's it. And it was a huge save because we, I mean, we'll probably come on to the, the way the game went and stuff, but um, we didn't really do ourselves justice when it came to the midfield. They just sort of walked through us and we needed them to make that save and it was crucial. I think somebody in our group chat said, it, you know, you, you think about the Blackburn game, for instance, how quickly a game can change. And, um, you know, this one again, that save, we make that save and then we score, we go down the other end. It just shows how quickly games can change. But, I mean... I'm over the moon with that win. I thought it was going to be tough. Me and you talked about it before the game on the last pod about how, you know, this wasn't going to just be a walk in the park because Huddersfield are down the bottom. The home form's actually really good. And you can't really discount the fact that this team was in the playoff final and nearly got promoted. Had it not been for a bit of dodgy refereeing, they might have been a Premier League team right now and just everything's conspired against them ever since that moment. But they've still got those players who did so well last season. So... We would have been foolish to turn up there and just expect a win. I don't think that's really Mowbray's uh, way anyways. He, he talks. He always talks quite a lot 
about how other teams are and how good they are and how we should respect them. So, you know, we we went there and we knew that we were going to have a game on our hands. And to be fair, first 10, 15 minutes, I thought we were pretty poor and actually it was all them. But after that, it was a bit like Saturday in the sense that we grew into the game. I mean, as the game went on, we were by far the better team. But we did have to ride through a spell of pressure at the start, didn't we? And you, you, you sort of expect that when you go away from home, though, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we did, and 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 it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy game. Like, but like you know, like I said at the start, I think there was only one team who wanted to play football, and I think when you know when we were in possession, you showed how it showed how much respect Huddersfield Town gave us that they dropped in, they dropped right kind of deep, and they played that kind of five across the middle, and they they, they just let us have the ball, and because they know that we was kind of good in possession, and if they give us time and kind of come at us and they get space in behind then then we'll punish them so they they dropped right back and they, they just let us have the ball and come all the way up into it, it like you know it just inside their half before they actually put any pressure on us but like you said first the you know the first well 15 20 minutes it, it was actually working and I think um what they did was that they squeezed the space so much that we we couldn't really work a way to to get in behind them and the only way we could try and do it was Luco nine playing kind of forty yard diagonal balls to to switch the play, um, and the other thing was um, Diaku who was who was trying to stretch the play, so he was playing on the yeah. shoulder trying to trying to get him behind almost off a long ball because we were struggling to to kind of play through them and it, it, like you said, Gav, we almost had to learn how to get into the game a bit like we did against Luton, which which kind of bodes well for for tough games like this because. This game was, you know, they they're down there, but the, the way they played, you wouldn't have thought that they were struggling all that much because of how organised they were and like, they, okay, they didn't offer too much going forward, but they, they weren't all over the place. They weren't kind of a, a shambles, and I think, um, you know, that manager's only, you know, Craig Fotheringham, he's he's only been in there what five weeks or something, but you can tell he's getting them organised and he's getting like a he's getting a base, to, a foundation to build off. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really tough game that opening period, and and like that first half was you could split that first half in two, you know, before the rain and during the rain, um, because you know when that rain came on twenty five minutes, I mean that was pretty much almost the end of the first half really because both teams were just battling through the weather. Rain spoiled it. I was sat there half time. People were talking like, oh, this player's not playing well. That player's not playing well. I think, to be honest, I, I can't sit here and really <laughs> criticise anyone because the weather just ruined it as a spectacle. I was at Barnsley in uh, in the se- first season back in League One when Jack Ross was manager. It was us and them up the top of the table. And we went to Barnsley away midweek, similar type of game. I think it might have been similar time of year, actually. And the wind was wicked and it was terrible and it ruined the game. It was it made two teams who were quite decent look very, very bad. And that's a bit like it was in the first half of this game. I just... The ball was like it was it. It just wasn't sticking. Nothing was coming off. The rain was teeming down. The wind was howling across the pitch. It didn't suit the game. And, yeah. and obviously, by by the time the second half came around, I think by half time it had died off. And that's why the second half was a much better game. I think. Yeah, I just don't it think it. And and it suited us more. I mean, we we <laughs> recognise though, and you've got to give Mowbray credit for his subs that he brought on Sims. Because I thought if we can go a little bit more direct, then we've got a chance. And that's precisely what we did. And to be fair to Huddersfield, they brought on, I think it was called Diara. He was brilliant. Came on in the midfield. Thought Rudoni played very well for them. So it wasn't as though, 
you know, we ran through them. I actually think their midfield played quite well tonight. But yeah. we we made our own changes, which were effective too. So it was quite interesting to watch how the game enveloped in that point. Yeah, it was. I was. It was interesting that when you, when you were talking there, like my uh, my son plays under tens, and the other week, um, last week, it was absolutely hosing it down, and half the kids, half the kids were were start, kind of starting to cry on the pitch and not wanting to play. And it, <laughs> it was a bit like that in the first half, you know, when when it was absolutely hosing it down. If you looked at some of the players, some of them were just kind of trying to look away from you know where the rain was coming from, and and kind of like you said, it just completely killed the game, but. And and the, the the difference when they came back out, you could almost see that the players were when the wind died down and they came back out, they realised right we can play football again now. And like yeah. you said, it was it was a good game after that. I mean, it, it could have it could have went either way. I mean that 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 Patterson save, like you said, Sims came on. Uh, I mean, it was kind of to and thrown for the first what ten minutes of that second half, and I think it was only kind of. Eight, about eight minutes into the second half, when when Patterson made that save, and you could yeah, argue, you yeah. could argue, you could really argue. I mean, Patterson making that save because the the lad was clean through. I think it was Rhodes who went clean through. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you could argue that Patterson won us three points there because if that went in, it was a completely different game. Yeah, and we've been critical of how Sunderland sort of play around the halfway point in games. Normally at the end of the first half, we just we we've conceded quite a lot of goals around the break, mm. either just before or just after. But to be fair, we like you say, we come out, we played football, and uh I I actually think first half, if we were going to be critical of performances, I thought Pritchard struggled playing mm. out on the left. But the goal was fantastic and although he was the one who finished it off with a great finish to be fair. It was Roberts and Ahmad down the right hand side linking up, which which was the the money really. It was brilliant football by them too. And it had to be Pritchard because he got booed every single time he touched the ball. It just had to be him. Normally we're on the other end of that. Normally we're the ones getting booked by one of our old players. Like normal I can probably reel off a list as long as my arm of players over the years who've been crap and then the come back to play against us and score. I mean, <laughs> Maguire last year, the one that stick, still sticks in my mind. So for that, for us to be on the other end of that for once was nice because I can't remember the last time that happened. And yeah, great finish, wasn't it? He, he sort of had to stretch for it. I think it was his left foot. He opened his foot up and it's a brilliant finish across the goalkeeper at the bottom corner. But like I say, the football and the build-up was outstanding. It was, it was, it was absolutely brilliant. And you know, you know what I, well, it was about, I think it was only a few minutes into the second half I was thinking probably the same as you because Pritchard had that kind of moment where he he tried to knock the ball in, he tried to swing his left foot at it, and he knocked it with his right, and then he just completely fell on his backside, and and then they they smashed the ball off him, and it was a handball. And at that point, I just thought he might need pulling off because he looked really frustrated. Huddersfield fans were getting on his back, and then and then it was it was only a few minutes after that when the goal happened. But I mean, just just about the goal. I mean, I would love to know how many seconds it was after Patterson made that save, but I loved our reaction to to Patterson making the save. You know, it wasn't... Pick the wasn't yeah. Yeah, it wasn't kind of keep the ball, oh, let's be safe or anything like that. It was like, oh, we've got a chance here. Let's let's catch them on the break. And I loved, I loved that reaction to Patterson's save that we got the ball and drove forward. And like you said, Roberts down the left, I mean, how, how many times has he done it I mean a couple of times in that first half he did a too he did a bit too much he went across the pitch too much instead of maybe giving it earlier and, and kind of we ended up losing the ball but 
I mean, with this one, he kind of drove drove at the defence like he does, and he played that one two with Ahmad. And I mean, let's let's take a minute just because we mentioned Ahmad at that point. I thought Ahmad was absolutely brilliant, and I I think brilliant, uh, yeah. I, I think his touch on the ball and the way he compliments. I mean, just look at that goal. The way he compliments people like Roberts that he can kind of play that style of football, and he just kind of links the play, and he's got that first touch that Roberts played him the ball, and he knew exactly what he was going to do with it next. Uh, you know, he just kind of laid it back and, and Roberts uh, played it across to Pritchard. And uh, to be fair, though, at that point, the start of the second half, um, the goal was against the runner player, to be fair, to Huddersfield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huddersfield were, were the better side in the start of the second half. But I, I think that's where we're dangerous because we've got players to break against teams. And that's why I, I would argue we've been better away from home than we have at the Stadium of Light because you look at the players that we had out on the pitch and they are set up to break I mean, both goals were on the break, were against the runner play, you know, yeah. tonight. Um, but yeah, the problem is, is you can't play that way when you when you're at home because yeah. teams don't come and come and fly at you like that. But the the thing I love about that, it, like I said, was I was talking about that um, shape Huddersfield had in the first half, where they just kind of squeezed the space and we had nothing. As soon as we realised, you know, that that they'd committed men forward, it was like we realised the space was there and we used it. Like you said, that's how we got the two goals, but we're kind of, all right, we'd, we'd rather them not have the chance. But because they drew out, we, we kind of gave the ball out wide and, and Roberts took advantage of that space. But um, but yeah, like I said, I loved our reaction on noticing that that was the, that was the case and, and getting forward. Yeah, and we carried on as that as that sort of went on from there. The, the rest of the half, I thought we were really good. I know that it wasn't perfect, and Huddersfield did get forward. Like I say, I think uh, Rudoni and Diara in midfield for them, they found it too easy to get through us. And Mowbray recognised that pretty quickly, to be fair, and he, he brought on a couple of players. He got um, Emmelton and Evans off. I'll be honest, neither of them played very well tonight. But, you know, the players who came on did. I thought Matete was excellent. And he doesn't really get a chance very often. I know he was. I know he came on for Roberts a bit later in the game, but I thought he was great for the 10-15 minutes he was on. But Abdullah Bar was on the pitch for half an hour and was outstanding. Like if he'd played the full game at that level, he would have probably got man the match because he was excellent. I mean, I've I quickly looked on social media before, and everybody's talking about just how impressive he was. Um, I even stuck him in our man the match poll up on Twitter that I did really quickly <laughs> before we came on. And uh, he finished up with 18% of the votes, but it was Ahmad who got man the match. You'll be unsurprised to hear. Mm. But yeah, I mean, the, the subs did make a difference, didn't they? And Mowbray got it right. And we have been critical of these subs over uh, over recent weeks, but I thought at the weekend they were good. And I thought tonight they were great again. So you, you've got both. Then you've got to say the quality of the player on the bench the last few games has been a lot better, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and what I loved about it, I mean, again, it was only it was only five minutes after we scored the goal that uh, Mowbray made those changes. But just because we made the comment a couple of weeks back, where we had a bit of you know, there was, we were talking about Mowbray substitutions and trying to understand them. Five minutes after the goal, you could see a clear reason why Mowbray thought right, we need to make this change. You know, we'd just gone one up five minutes later, and he recognised that. You know, Evans and Embleton were getting a bit overrun in midfield. And then he said, right, well, let's let's put Dan Neal on, let's put Barr on, and let's let's kind of change the play in the middle of the park. And it did straight away. And we've talked about um in the past, we've talked about our game management. I mean, as soon as we made those changes, and it, 
again, clear clear instructions. You could see the instructions being played out on the pitch. Like yeah. Neil and Barr just keeping possession, not doing anything stupid. Just and we played it around the back. And and I thought it was brilliant. And I thought we managed the game, you know, brilliantly after we made those substitutions. Yeah, we did. And uh another shout out for another crap ref, by the way, because uh he nearly cost us because he get would do you think it was a foul from 09 or not? I didn't. I thought it was soft. Uh, it was, but I've seen them given. I, I don't think the referee was that bad tonight, to be honest. I mm, think. Well, I just, I just feel like he could have cost us. I, I feel I, like he could have cost us. I think, I think compared to some of the referees we've seen this season, I think this referee wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's, that's a low bar, but he, yeah, he wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah, it was. There was a couple of moments within a few minutes. There was that one where I don't think it was a foul from Onai, and they get a free kick and nearly score from it. The shot just goes wide. And then about a minute after that, Abdullah Bar goes into a 50-50 with the other lad yeah. who, and, 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 and gets booked. Yeah. And I'm going, I couldn't, I couldn't understand that. Um, so there, was, there were some, I, I just thought towards the end of the game when it was still in the balance, you know, he lost control of it with a couple of silly decisions. But... Yeah, I mean, Bar, I feel a bit sorry for Barr because he done nothing wrong. He fully committed to a tackle and got booked for it. And the, so did the other player, though. You know, that's what that's football, isn't it? Pitch, yeah. pitch is wet. It's a slick surface. Two players going for the same ball. There was nothing malicious in it, and he gives him a yellow. I just thought it was weak. Um, but we uh, we cracked on from there. To be fair, I didn't see the second goal coming. Uh, but mm-hmm. we, we made a pretty... To be fair, Mowbray again, another good attacking sub. He takes off Pritchard, who gets a... A rousing applause, as you can imagine, from uh, the Huddersfield fans sort of begrudgingly boo him off. They think of him like he's Jack Rodwell, like, you yeah. know, because he was there. He, they signed him for massive money. He was injured pretty much the whole time he was there. He never played well when he was fit, and he was the highest earner. And they got relegated, and he sat on that contract in the championship. Like, they really hate Pritchard. So, I mean, obviously, I was loving it. But he came off in injury time, so he got a bit more time than normal, which... Uh, to be fair, in the game, in the pod before the game, we did say that though I did that. You know, I thought this game might be one where Mowbray uh, has a bit of a chat with him and says Look, he really wants to play in this game. This is your moment to shine, and he took it. I know he wasn't great, but um, he d- definitely deserved that little applause off the pitch. And then on came Bennett, who I thought was really effective, even though he came on in injury time because he closed down, he harried, he harassed. And um, according to Frankie Francis, he scored until he realised it wasn't him. <laughs> but it, um, but it was actually Ahmad who got the goal in the six minute of injury time on the break. You know, Huddersfield were pushing to get an equaliser, and you have to commit bodies forward at that point when you're one nil down in injury time. I think they even sent the goalkeeper for set pieces and stuff. Uh, but they committed forward. We got a good break. I thought that the lads done really well to get into the position they did. Sims times it perfectly, passed it to Ahmad. Very fortunate because it goes right through the goalkeeper, but we don't care. It was a good goal, <laughs> and uh, he deserved it. He, for me, my man of the match. Like I say, we put the poll out on Twitter just after the game to ask people what who they thought was man of the match. He was comfortably the winner with forty four point three percent of the votes. Any arguments there? Do you think he was our best player? I do. I mean, I think he he was brilliant. He was absolutely fantastic. But two players I want to give a lot of credit to tonight because in that last fifteen minutes, you know, Huddersfield were we, you know, Huddersfield kind of they threw everything at us, but we kind of just kept them at arm's length. And I think um, yeah, Dan, Danny Bart and Bailey Wright had a lot to do with that. I thought they were yeah. absolutely fantastic. I don't think and, and O'Neill as well. By the way, I yeah, thought O'Neill yeah, yeah. at the start of the game was the standout player at the start of the game. 
Yeah. Did he come second in that poll? Uh, I didn't. I didn't even include him. I didn't ah, even include there, him. There you go. Man. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think um, I, I think Danny Bart and Bailey Wright deserve a lot of credit tonight. I think that that's yeah. kind of the second second time this season they've played alongside each other, and I thought I thought they were fantastic. Neither of them put a foot wrong. Um, they were, but they they just got on with their jobs and they just threw themselves at everything. The the brilliant thing about uh, Bailey Wright as well was late on. There was a couple of times where you could see, I think Dennis Serkin was knackered at one point. I think Matete didn't get across to a winger quick enough at one point and let him get the ball in. And Bailey Wright was all over them. And and yeah. I think that that's the type of player we needed in a game like that, you know, where the weather's bad, we're playing against a physical side. Um, and, and I think um, those two at the back deserved a lot of credit. But uh, yeah, I mean, fantastic. All well, the other thing I wanted to mention... In, in, just about Ahmad getting man of the match. Um, yes, you know, fantastic going forward. But uh, how about that uh, bicycle kick with two minutes to go to, to clear it <laughs> in the six yard box? Yeah, outstanding. And you've got we've got to, we can't go by this goal without mentioning the celebration because I mean if you if if you haven't seen this on social media yet, <laughs> Luke O'Neill just I, I don't actually I don't know I, I was howling laughing when I first seen it. I mean we're just watching it on loop here. <laughs> Ahmad's face down on the floor, knackered. And 9 comes sliding in from the side. Like, that's, that's, I don't know, it's hilarious. But yeah, if you, you people should dig that out. Just quickly on celebrations, you, you mentioned uh, Pritchard. Ah, Jack, yeah. You yeah, mentioned yeah. Pritchard, Pritchard uh, the comparison with Jack Rodwell. If Jack Rodwell had celebrated a goal at the Stadium of Light, like Pritchard did, there would have been... I mean, people running on the pitch, yeah. trying I mean, to kill him. I, I was loving it because it was us, <laughs> but just because you did that, I mean, you know, imagine if Rodwell had done that. I don't think he would have gotten out the stadium to be honest yeah well it doesn't sound like Tony Mowbray was particularly impressed with the with the performance just reading what uh, he had to say to Phil Smith after the game he said our performance level has to be miles better than that I didn't think we could play as bad as that credit to Huddersfield but we played like the weather it's probably my fault as well I picked too many attacking players so he wasn't happy normally normally when we get beat or we scrape a draw he's full of praise for the players but we've won this one yeah. and he, he doesn't seem particularly happy but um, I, I mean I think he's doing them down a bit there to be honest I think second half we were definitely good enough um, but you know a lot of people would agree with him and you know he's the manager he's the one who takes he takes it all on his uh, on himself doesn't he and he's quite happy to deflect all the criticism from the players so you know Fair play for him to hold his hands up and saying, but you didn't think we played very well. Yeah, there could there could be a little bit in that because if you know this season so far, I mean, what is it, eighteen games, and we haven't yeah. we haven't won we haven't won back to back games this season. So you wonder if there's a bit of kind of psychology in there to say, yeah, right, yeah. you know, let, let's not kind of celebrate that win. We haven't done anything yet, and you know, keeping their feet on the ground. You know, saying right, we're going to do better next week because he's looking. He's looking for a bit of consistency. He's looking for those back-to-back wins. Yeah, he also mentioned that the reason that Mishu wasn't in the squad was because he got injured against Luton, so he's going to be missing for the last two games and won't be back till after the World Cup break. So it's a bit unfortunate. He did say that he was playing his way into contention for a start, which a lot of people would have played him tonight. There was quite a lot of people calling for that. So. Bit of a shame, isn't it? Because he was decent at the weekend, but uh, it is what it is, I guess. You know, people get injured. We've had plenty of them this season. Nothing new to us. Mm. Um, 
We asked for some three-word reviews on Twitter just to round off. Uh, I'll read a few out. We've got Isola Sean again saying buzzing for Pritchard. Glenn Foster says love this team. Ian Cunningham says Ahmad's different gravy. Um, Sunderland Uruguay saying buenos three puntos. Presume that means what, what does that mean, Gav? I, I, I was going to hope you were going to just buy in time while I press translate. It means good three points. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> um, Sean on the pod account says I'm fucking blind Aslan says what we needed uh, Mike Edmonds doesn't understand what three word review means because he's put got out of jail second half that's five that's six six is it I can't count uh, Jamie says Alex fucking Pritchard Adam says Sims must start Connor Belshaw says wet 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 Lee, that's five again. Uh, Joshua Gargett says, oh, nine's mega slide. Um, a lot of Sunderland fans don't know what three-word review means. We've got quite a lot of these. Um, HP, SFC, oh, nine's celebration funny. Uh, and Connor will end on yours, Abdullah fucking bar. So, yeah, quite a lot of people just relieved, I think, with the win, Chris. But we move on, don't we? We've got another game at the weekend coming up, thick and fast. We've got this one at the weekend and then one more before the World Cup break. So we play Cardiff on Saturday. Uh, obviously, Michu's not going to be available, but we've we've got another one where we, sh- we we need to win, really. I mean, you look down the table, Cardiff sitting in 18th place, only three points below us. Um, started the season slowly. I think they were right around the, the bottom places in the table, so they've picked up a little bit, but uh, lost... Tonight against Watford at home, won at the weekend when they played Rotherham, uh, lost in that big game to Swansea, the derby. So a bit like us, a little bit inconsistent maybe. And like you said, we haven't put back-to-back wins together yet this season. What are you expecting? I, I think it's three. I think it's got to be three points at the weekend. I think we've got to put successive wins together. I think, uh, you know, looking at Cardiff's form, they've lost, what, four out of the last five. Um, I think you know tonight they've they, they went ahead early on and then and then Watford uh, got back and beat them two one. If you look at their away form, they've lost six out of nine this season. They've only won two. Uh, they've conceded they've conceded fifteen. There's not many. I think there's only what two or three teams who've conceded more away from home. Um, I think there's only two clubs who've scored less than them away from home. I think it's got to be three points on Saturday. Yeah, I'm just looking as well. They've lost four out the last five. Yeah, we, it's another one. I said before this game, you know, we talked about how we couldn't underestimate Huddersfield because the league position might be a little bit false. But I, I still said we had to win it. And I think this is another one we've got to win. I think, to be honest, when, when you look at the lead up to the break, Cardiff, a decent team to be playing at this stage. Yeah. You know, then we've got Definitely. Birmingham, Birmingham who uh, are just on the same points as us in the table. And then after the break, we've then got Millwall, West Brom, Hull. So the teams who are, are the, around us are just below us. You know, this is a good chance for us to to pick up a bit of momentum. I think we've got to go into the break with momentum. That's a thing. You know, I know I've been saying, you know, let's just limp over the line a bit. But if we can get, say, four points from the next two games, that's huge for for our yeah. sort of preparation going into the winter break because yeah. we know what we've got coming up. We know, we know obviously, before that Millwall game, we're going to have potentially Elise, Ballard, Stewart, a fully fit Sims, a fully fit Roberts. Now he's back in the team. Potentially Niall Huggins, 
So we've got a lot of players coming back and we know that means that we should be, it should be a bit like, you know, a fresh start straight after that break. Mm. So if we can go into it with a little bit of momentum, it would make the world a difference. And I mean, Cardiff are beatable from what I can tell. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen a great deal of them this season, but a transfer business in the summer was something I kept talking about because they just went out and signed like a hundred free agents <laughs> before anybody else had signed a player. And it just, it just seemed like, you know, when you look at it and you're like, mm, they're not going to have a good season doing that. And there's nothing there's nothing really about them that particularly scares us, you know. Like I keep saying this about teams. There was nothing really about Huddersfield that particularly scared us. Thought, you know, if we get if we get if we get our game plan right, we'll beat them. Same goes with Cardiff, really. You know, they're gonna be coming to us and thinking the same though. They're gonna be coming and thinking if we can slow the game down, if we can grind it out, if we can put 10, 11 men behind the ball, we might sneak a win, we might get a point. And We've played that type of team enough times this season and last season. We we should know how to beat them, really. So, just a case of you know, do we come to the party or not? We've got a lot of players now playing out for contention in the team. Would you make any changes? Has anybody tonight came off from the bench and staked a good enough claim? Do you think? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, but again, they've they've made a difference to the game for a specific reason. So, it's um, it depends what. How, you know how Mowbray wants to start off against Cardiff, and from my point of view, I mean, looking at looking at their away games that you know they've had recently, they've just been beaten two nil by Swansea, three nil by QPR. Um, you know, so you know, the, I honestly think Cardiff are there for the taking, and I'd like to see us on the front foot from the off. So, does that mean you know Bar's energy might be better than you know, like say Embleton started tonight? Would would Bar's energy be better in there to be on the front foot? Maybe you know, I'd maybe consider, I'd maybe even consider from the start because even though he got the goal tonight, I thought he he, he really looked frustrated before that on the left hand side. Maybe Bennett for Pritchard, um. But I'd like us to 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 play with a lot of pace and be on the front foot from from kick off on Saturday. Yeah, that might be why he doesn't bring in Bar, which people. Would probably be a little bit upset with. I thought I thought he'd done really well when he came on, and he has definitely stated a claim. I mean, them central midfield spots are opening up at the minute, but I've just got a feeling we might not see him start a game until after the break. So uh, I, I wouldn't be looking to change an awful lot. I just think we've got to do exactly what you just said. We've got to start on the front foot. It's been difficult. It's difficult away from home to do that, and that's why I think we were really bad first ten minutes at the weekend. Tonight, I thought we were poor first 10 minutes but we grew into the game and your game plan has to be different away from home like the home team because they've got all their fans there they expect to start in the front foot and start quickly same goes for us we've got to do the exact same we've got to just we've just, but we've got the players to do it that's the thing yeah. you know we'll have Clark back as well which I totally forgot about until he was mentioned there Clark's probably going to come back into the side yeah that's true um, and keep saying it but Ahmad is undroppable at the minute for me just yeah. you know Best player on the on the pitch, and you can't drop him. So it's making it difficult for Mowbray because he's now got, you know, it's Sims potentially. You know, is, is he going to be fit enough to to start a game? Bearing in mind, you know, in his in his pre match, Mowbray was talking about how Sims might get ten minutes here and there when he was asked by the press if he was fit enough to start. He was obviously bluffing a little bit because he brought him on a half time, and Sims, you know, got through the 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 half fine. So could he look at it and think, well, he's got minutes now is he ready to start I don't know how they're going to work it it's it's interesting isn't it 
Yeah, you've got you've got to feel a little bit sorry for Diaco as well because he, he he worked hard in that first half and he, he you know you could see you could see he was up for it you could see he was closing them down but you know twenty twenty five minutes into the first half when he started then the rain came down and completely changed the game so but you know like I said a fully fit Sims gets gets in who knows what um, where he is kind of on his kind of comeback you know does he need another game on the bench. You know who knows? It'll be interesting to see if he if he does start on Saturday. But I, I just think if we if we get an early goal against Cardiff, looking at their form, looking at where they are on the table, I think it's game over. Yeah, yeah. What do you reckon the score will be then, or what, um, how are you predicting the flow of the game will go? Um, I think I'm hoping I'm hoping that that's what we go for. I hope we kind of just go go at them, go for them, and I'm hoping another repeat of the likes of the Rotherham game at home. I'm hoping for. A, for kind of a, a 3 nil or something at the weekend. I, th- I honestly think Cardiff are there for the taking. Yeah, I think we're due uh, one of those types of wins, aren't we? We're due just where we go out and we just take yeah. a team apart and uh, win comfortably. That would be nice. And and we did against Burnley for 45 minutes. If if we yeah. if we play if we play anything like we did in that first half against Burnley against Cardiff, uh, it'll be, you know, it'll be a cricket score. It's funny you mentioned that Rotherham game because I'm just flicking through the fixtures and that's probably the last time we had a comfortable win. <laughs> yeah. It's 31st of August. We're talking yeah. like over two months ago now, so we are due one. Well, tonight was our first win for ex- uh, first away win for exactly seven weeks. Feels a long right. time, doesn't it? Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't been... I mean, that's the thing. You know, a lot of people have been critical of the, of the manager, the players, the way things that could see things going and... I think it's important just to take stock, isn't it? And look at like just how many big players we've got missing and the way we've managed to get through that period. And it hasn't just been a couple of games. It's been months and months. I mean, you talk about the Rotherham game. That was the last time Ross Stewart played. Yeah. <laughs> two months ago. Our best player last played two months ago. Yeah. And then the Middlesbrough game, which was the one after, was the one where you got injured in the warm-up and then we played Redding in the, the following game. And that's where Sims got injured. So we've we've been without Sims for what like six weeks, maybe just seven weeks, and he's just he hasn't even started a game yet. So it it is tough. Like it's tough. It's a tough league we're in. People have got to remember where we've come from, fifth in League One, to come into this league and just embrace it the way we have. We were always going to have some inconsistent performances and results, but I don't think another team in this league has been dealt a hand we have with no. the players we've had missing. And you've got to give credit, like I, I, that's why I'm, I'm personally, I'm refusing to be overly critical of of Mowbray in particular, because he's got what he's got, and he's they're trying their best, you know. And I mean, let's look at it. Since that Redden game, we've played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We've played nine games since that Redden game without a striker who started the game. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, yes, Sims is back, but we and we've still scored goals. We've still found a way to play. You've, you've got to give them credit. Yeah, and, and you've got to remember, Mowbray has had, what, 10 games in charge? So he's only had one game. I'm pretty sure he's only had one game where he's actually had fit strikers to, at, he, at his disposal like, to actually put in the, in the starting eleven. It was that. What was his was, first game? I'm trying to think. I, I thought it was the Rotherham game, but I might be wrong. So now you're right. It was Rotherham. It yeah, was Rotherham was his first so, game. So he's he's only had one game where he's actually had a fit striker. So if you go off that, I mean, it's ridiculous. And again, if you come back to the fact that we're twelfth in the table, right smack bang in the middle, which I, I mean, I keep banging the drum on this, but for me, that's par for for the course for this season. You know that that's 
kind of where I think we, we are this season. But we're five points off the playoffs, five points off the drop. And we've done all of this with all of the problems we've had. You know, Dan Bollard being injured, Stewart being injured, Sims being injured, you know, not having a fit striker. And, and we are where we should be. Even though we've had yeah. all of those problems, we are where we should be. So, you know, chances are, okay, it's not going to be an exact science. It's not going to, you know, just work like that click of a fingers. But chances are, if we get those players fit, you know, we'll be looking up the table. Yeah, and that's what I'm doing right now. I mean, another three points at the weekend against Cardiff could potentially take us as high as ninth above Luton, who... When we played them, everyone was talking about how they're, they're going to be mounting a playoff push. Above Redden, who for most of the season have either been top, second or third. So they're just starting to drop off now. So it shows you how tight this league is. And another win could, like I say, take us up as far as ninth. You know, looking further down the table. Cardiff beat us. I mean, they're not they're not going to beat us by enough, you would like to think, to, to swing the, the goal difference. But... Cardiff win would put them level with us and they're 18th so you know it's important just to keep keep our heads and remember how far we've came and uh yeah I'm I'm looking forward to this game at the weekend I think we're gonna we're gonna give them a good scene to be honest I've just got a feeling we're gonna give them a hiding and um I'm probably gonna eat your words now because this is all on record (laughs) it's all being listened to so if we do get beat sorry but uh yeah blame me oh one other thing before we go um Southern Community Soup Kitchen are doing a collection outside the Love Supreme uh, shop on Saturday before the game, doing a food collection. So make sure you take a bag of tins down, all in, all your non-perishables, toothpaste, um, all those type of things. You know, Bang them in a bag, drop some stuff off. It'll be much appreciated by Andrea and the team. We'll hopefully have a couple of us down there helping out too. So yeah, make sure you do that. We'll, we'll put that out on the feeds over the coming days and stuff as well. So there's a bit more information about it. But just outside the Love Supreme shop on the uh, corner of the Stadium of Light, that's where that'll be. You'll be able to see them and maybe you'll get to go meet Andrea. She's lovely. So make sure you say hello. So we've got no preview pod this week, Chris, because of this one. We've just jammed this in the middle. We thought it would be a bit better for the for us and for the listeners if we record this one tonight. Uh, but we do have all of our regular content coming up on roteReport.com as the week goes on, building up to the game. We'll have a pod at the weekend after the Cardiff game, hopefully talking about three points. And like I say, if we lose, then I'll probably go into hiding. Um, but other than that, thanks, Chris. No Get yourself to bed. Cheers, Gav. Because we were, we were both yawning before we came on. I'm a bit more energetic now. And thanks to the listeners for joining us. Like I say, make sure you catch us across everything. And uh, other than that, yeah, we'll catch you later. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.